grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We're continuing uh, the quest for wisdom this morning, and we're really on the downhill in the book of Ecclesiastes. Even though we're only in chapter 3 and 4, we've covered some of the material in the second half of the book already in the first seven weeks. And last week, we learned that timing is everything. And we would know this if we've ever done something at the exact wrong time or at the exact right time. And we see that in Christ, in Jesus, in all of the times that we are given in this life, times of joy, times of suffering, times of birth, times of death, all of these moments which encompass our entire experience in life, there's one time that God reserved for his son alone. That at exactly the right time, Christ came and died for you and me. And so from that posture, from that forgiveness, that, that relief that we have in Jesus, we come to the section this morning, which I think at times every single one of us confront in our lives. Solomon speaks of facing human evil. So if you're going to follow along, we're going to be exclusively on page 554 and 555 of your pew Bibles today. We're not going anywhere else. Because evil, I think, is a big deal in our lives, in our world, and in our very persons. And I think at a core level, right, we understand evil. (sighs) For the Indiana Jones uh, people out there, I'm sorry. Yes, a picture of a snake. In the very beginning, God made the garden and it was good. And God placed man and woman in the garden and it was good. And then the snake came along. And I think when, when you and I think of evil, just the concept of evil, we can think, yeah, it exists out there. I know that evil exists. I've seen it in the world. I might not be able to, to explain it every time, but I know that, it, that it's there. And we think. And, and maybe to a degree, we can see evil hidden inside of other people. Kind of lurking below the surface. And, and certainly in some people, it's, it's easier to see than in others. Right? You know that person who you just see as evil. I mean, obviously, they're, they're the historical evil figures. You know, Hitler, pretty evil. And, and you go back through time, and, and there are evil people scattered throughout history. But there's probably people in your life right now that you're like, yeah, I don't know. I think they're, uh, I think they're pretty evil. And so we see this this capacity for evil, not just in the snake, not just in general, but also in people. But Solomon doesn't leave it in generalities. Solomon asks us to look in the mirror. Do you see within yourself the capacity and the function for the greatest evil the world has ever known. That you, yourself, I, myself, we are evil, 
and there is nothing that we can do to save ourselves. Because when Solomon asks us to look at evil, to face evil, to confront evil, he's asking us first to do it in ourselves. And in fact, this morning, it's something we've already done, which is fantastic. Every time we come together as a faith family, we say to God and we say to each other that we are evil without the capacity of saving ourselves. In our confession, we We tell God, I am sinful beyond all measure, and other people can hear us say those words, so we share with each other. We are sinful. It's not something to celebrate. When Paul says he's the chief of sinners, he's not boasting. He's telling you what he knows is within his heart. I know I'm a worse sinner than any one of you. Because I know my heart, and I can look in the mirror and see the truth, that Christ dies. He comes for me, and he comes for you, right? And, and a lot of times, we can, we can get trapped in this picture where we're just staring at ourselves, and we're wondering, who will save us? How can it possibly be? that God would come and die for a wretch as wretched as me. And that's exactly what he does. In our text this morning, Ecclesiastes 3, 16, Solomon says, Moreover, I saw under the sun that in the place of justice there was wickedness. That in the place of righteousness, even there was wickedness. I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time for every matter and for every work. I said in my heart with regard to the children of man that God is testing them, that they may see that they themselves are but beasts. For what happens to the children of man and what happens to the beasts is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. They all have the same breath, and man has no advantage over the beasts, for all is vanity. All go to one place, all are dust, and to dust all return. Who knows whether the spirit of man goes upward and the spirit of the beast goes down into the earth. So I saw that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his work, for that is his lot. Who can bring him to see what will be after him? Right, Solomon is talking to us about the natural way of the world. And if you were going to talk to any person who doesn't have saving faith from Jesus, who does not know where they're going, they might echo the same thing Solomon just said. In fact, if you watch a lot of the things that our culture puts out, even in children's films, you'll see this over and over. When Mufasa is speaking to his son Simba, he talks about the circle of life. That it just goes over and over. And and he's saying to us as kids, to the adults watching, to the grandparents watching, All people, all beasts, all animals go to the ground and they feed the next generation. 
Solomon asks, who can bring us to see what will be after us? Because if we only have hope for this life, that's not much to hope in. Lives get stolen. We talked about this last week and the struggle we have against God's timing and how we reject so often the timing that God has in this life and in our world. That we want our loved ones back. That we want to keep going together and not alone. Martin Luther in the, in the text says, Solomon's not complaining because there's wickedness in the place of justice, but because there's wickedness in the place of justice that cannot be corrected. I cannot raise the dead. If I could, I already would, and I know you would too. I cannot heal the sick. If I could, I would, and I know you would too. You would look in the mirror and you would say, let me be well. Because of course you would. I would too. And we look to the world and we look to the systems that we have in place throughout the world and, and pick your party. I'm pretty sure you hate the other party. Pick your government. I'm pretty sure you hate the other government. If now is the best time of your political life, I'm pretty sure eight years ago was the worst time of your political life, and vice versa. Because we can't see wickedness and righteousness. We can only see what we like and what we don't like. But do we have the capacity to see in the mirror, to look in the mirror, and to see that there is only one who can save us in all situations? You see, the biggest problem we have in this life is people. And I mean that negatively, but I also mean that positively because there are some people we really like. I mean, you might be sitting next to somebody this morning that you really like. You might be missing someone else that you really like too. But you're probably, in this life, going to get attached to people. It's the way that it works. It's the way life continues. We just have a knack for finding someone to share life with. But the biggest problem we have is that we get attached to people who won't be there forever. Children and parents. I was listening to a funeral this week from a man I met who's a church planter in Detroit, and he was burying his 22-year-old son. And the first thing that he said in the sermon is that a parent isn't supposed to bury his child. And he's right. But the truth is more than that. We're not supposed to bury anyone. No one was supposed to die. And we see the snake and we say, oh yeah, I get it. I get, 
I get sin exists. I get evil exists. We, we see Adam and Eve and we say, yeah, I get that they're the ones that brought sin in the world. But do we get it that when we look in the mirror, the death that was not supposed to be is creeping in on you and me? That it's relentless, that it is stalking you right now in the relationships you have, but in your own body. The biggest problem we have in this life is, is people. It's you and me. And it sucks. Solomon says, again, again, I saw all the oppressions that are done under the sun. And behold, the tears of the oppressed, and they had no one to comfort them. On the side of their oppressors, there was power, and there was no one to comfort them. And I thought the dead who are already dead more fortunate than the living who are still alive. But better than both is he who has not yet been born. And he who has not seen the evil deeds that are done under the sun. Then I saw all the toil and all the skill in work come from a man's envy of his neighbor. This also is vanity and a striving after wind. The fool folds his hands and eats his own flesh Better is a handful of quietness than two hands full of toil and a striving after wind. Again, I saw vanity under the sun, one person who has no other, either son or brother. Yet there is no end to all his toil. And his eyes are never satisfied with riches so that he never asks, For whom am I toiling and depriving myself of pleasure? This also is vanity and an unhappy business. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. I think the, the question we can ask is, how are we to survive in an evil world? And God tells us the only way to survive is together. When you are broken, when you are crushed in spirit, we survive together. You know, it hit home for me when I was studying this week. The one who has not been born yet is better off. The one who has already died is better off. And it's true, Paul tells us that it's better that if he should die... It's better for us right now, those who have been chosen in Christ, it is better for us to die than to go on living. 
It's clear because if we die, we're with Jesus and the glory is no longer waiting. But Paul says, if I'm here, if I'm alive, if I'm drawing breath, then to live is Christ. And not only is to live Christ, meaning we do the work of Christ, but to live is Christ, meaning we are in Christ. We are not alone, even when we are one person and we feel alone and we're trapped in our misery and our suffering, Christ never leaves us alone. Martin Luther said this, he says, it's better to be in association with others and to enjoy things in common than to be a solitary miser who only cares about himself and grabs things for himself. For in society, there's mutual help common work and solace. It's better together. It's better together with Jesus and it's better together with his body. You see, in Jesus, God calls all of us into community with himself and with each other. In a moment, we are going to celebrate the Lord's Supper, which miraculously delivers to us in the bread and the wine, Jesus' very body and blood, for the forgiveness of our sins. And it transports us through time and space to sit at the table with Jesus as a foretaste of the feast which is to come. So that in the meal, you will know you are never alone. He has not abandoned you. He has not left you. He is there with you to love you. And when you are just torn, he feels and he knows what you're going through. If there's evil in the world, we know it because we feel it and we see it. Martin Luther says there's a way to handle it, though. The best way is to enjoy the things you have in the present to do everything in the present and let what is evil flow past you. And he says, this is the way to make fun of the world. You see, in Christ, like, yes, the tears will flow. Yes, the pain will be there. Yes, everything will be broken and we will suffer. Yet, in all of this, we still have joy immeasurable. We don't have pain and suffering without hope. We know the future. We know how it ends. And we know that there will be a day when all will rise to meet Jesus in person. And we will see our Savior and we will see our, our, our friends and our family and our loved ones. And all of this, all of this is a gift from God. How do we live? Live in love. Let evil flow past you. Live in love. Receive from God and shared with all. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, you have shown us evil in the world, evil in, in 
men and women, and evil in ourselves. Yet you have overcome all of this evil through the death and resurrection of your son, Jesus. Help us to live in the light of his resurrection, full of grace and truth, living from the love we've received and sharing it with all. This we pray through the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen.